0: So as we look to the year ahead, um, there are many challenges before us, of course. You should see my to-do list on the computer. It's pretty long. Um, and a lot of those things I don't know how to do, um, obstacles to overcome, those sorts of things. But it's a really exciting phase of this church plant we're in. We're, we're beginning to worship God together on a Sunday each week, which is really good. There are many challenges. There are also many opportunities. Um yeah, as I said, I'm really excited to be worshipping God together. I'm excited how God might be growing us uh, through His Word over the next year. And excited about the people that God might bring along here. Um, there are many challenges and opportunities, but I want to say this can all be a vortex which sucks us in. <laughs> uh, there's heaps to be done, there's jobs to cross off the list, there's people to visit, contacts to make. And the organisational stuff to be done. That's the what of church life. But let us not lose sight of the why of church. That's what I was to say, see here today. Why are we here at all? Why church? This is what Paul starts Ephesians with. The why question. Why we're we Christians at all? The why question. And here we find out the focus of church. What church is all about. Paul gives us a massive vision of God's plans and purposes in eternity. See that it stretches from eternity. And he says to us, as Christians, to the church, to people in Ephesus, to people in Launceston right now, that our focus is to be to the praise of His glory, to be praising God, to be blessing God, praising Him for what He's done for us. Uh, he wants us to. Paul wants us to be enraptured in captured by God and his gospel and that's where our attention should be because the good news is here we find that uh, that God our father has blessed us chosen us lavished upon us his grace in Christ so today we're really going to look at verses 3 to 6 that's where our attention is going to be and next week we'll move on to the next bit so verses 3 to 6 today and Here we see from verse 3, Paul begins with overwhelming praise. He blesses or praises God the Father for blessing his people. And this is our first point, the blessing of the Father. So it says there, blessed or praised be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. And Paul begins this huge sentence, over 200 words, down to verse 14. And it's a song of praise. It's a prayer of blessing God. Bless God. Praise God. And what's the reason? See there in the middle. Because the Father has blessed who? Blessed us. Blessed us. Believers in Jesus, Christians, the church. He's blessed his people with every spiritual blessing. You could translate that as every blessing of the spirit every blessing of the spirit but notice where these blessings are from they're from god the holy spirit brings us these heavenly blessings which find their source in god in the heavens in christ the blessing you see is christ himself that's what god the father has blessed us with he's given us christ who is in the heavens right now, reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. Paul wants us to see that we're united to Christ, in Christ, as he he repeats again and again and again and again throughout this letter. We're in Christ, united to Christ by the Holy Spirit, which means we're like a boat in a harbour. There's a boat on the dock and we're moored to the harbour. We're moored to the dock. The rope is moored. So we're anchored to Christ. We're moored to Christ by the Holy Spirit. We're secure. We're tied to him. And no one's ever going to untie that tie, to untie that rope. We've received all the blessings of being tied, united to Jesus. All the benefits, his blessings. We have Christ, his person and work. That's why Paul is praising God. He looks and he's overwhelmed what God has done for him, for this church. And Paul will go on to list these blessings like, uh, we'll see next week, like redemption and forgiveness of sins. You know, the like Christ's obedience for us, in the place of us as, as sinful human beings, his death for us at the cross, his resurrection, redemption and forgiveness. The Father blesses us with every, see, every spiritual blessing in the heavens. So he praises God, he blesses God. This is a note that is ringing out like on a piano, it just rings out, the praise of God. So I want to encourage us as a new church to be all about that note, that note of praise. We need to start at the same place that Paul starts at. To have that focus right at the beginning of this group. Because there are many uncertainties in church planting. Um, There are many things that uh, are unknown. If you want to grow in your spiritual life, join a church plant. (laughs) Um, You'll learn how to pray because there will be things that seem insurmountable. Uh, So what can you do? Just trust God. There might be sleepless nights ahead. And it might become easy to become focused on what we lack, the resources we lack, the people we lack maybe, you know, the venue. We can't really all fit in here for long. And even the excitement might wear off after some time. Because, you know, like any other church, this church isn't perfect. But in all these uncertainties, let's not lose sight of what the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's keep our eyes on what is most important. That is God himself and his praise. Let's keep singing songs which, which praise God. Let's pray prayers which praise God. Let's meditate on God and who he is and what he's done for us. Our Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. A blessing that can't be taken away no matter what happens to this church plant. I'm talking at the moment. His blessing is totally secure, and it can never be taken away. I'm on his Facebook group called Lonnie Chit Chat. It's a terrible group. Um, And people post random things all the time. Um, But what I don't know is, I didn't realise, is that people's cars get stolen all the time. In Launceston, I didn't realise there were so many stolen cars. Um, Stolen utes in particular. Unfortunately, haven't stolen ours. Cause it's, um, but it's a dead battery, so <laughs> they probably probably haven't been able to be successful in that. Um, you know, we can lock our cars, but a thief, if they want to get in, it's pretty easy, right? I'm sure you've broken into a car before. doesn't take much. Um, our, our cars, our houses are pretty insecure. It wouldn't take much to get into this house. You can just wiggle a window and get in. Earthly security, you see, friends, isn't very secure at all. Compared to heavenly security. That's what Paul is saying here. Our hope, our future, our life, our everything, our salvation is secure. It's found in Christ. Who is where? Who is in the heavens. Our heavenly security. Christ is in heaven. We have Christ. So we're united to him by the Spirit. Everything is secure in him. These spiritual blessings are secure in him. Nothing can steal them away. So we're to praise him for that. So we come to the second point here. We're to praise the Father because he's chosen us in Christ. we get that from verses 4 and 5. It says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. In love before him, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. For himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. See there, we have another reason to praise the Father. It's because he chose us in Christ. When did he choose us? Not last week, he didn't choose us last week, he didn't choose us last year, but when? Before the foundation of the world. Get your mind around that. You know, our little girl, we didn't start loving her on the 24th of December. (laughs) Her birthday. No, we loved her as parents before she was born. While she was still inside, and even in a greater way, God loved his people before the world began. From eternity, that's what it says here. He actually chose us in Christ, in Jesus, in Him, to be saved, united to Jesus from eternity. And the Father chose to bless us with these incredible blessings before the the sky was blue or gray, uh, before Quambi Bluff was made, before everything was created. Just have mm-hmm. a think of that. But more than that, the Father does this for a purpose. See the end of verse four. What is it to be? Holy and blameless before him. Well, they're kind of big words. But holiness is being morally pure, being right with God. Being set apart for God. Blamelessness is being freed from the guilt of being a lawbreaker, from breaking God's law. So that's what the Father's chosen us to be. That's why he chose us in Christ. You see, friends, we're not born to stay in our sin. Or to never change. As Christians. Our father wants us to be holy and pure. He wants to change us. To be holy and pure. And that's really good news for us. Because I know. If you're like me. You struggle with sin. And we give into temptation. But in Christ. God gives us everything we need. To live for him now. But he also promises. that he, From eternity right. That he sent his son right. He To change us to be holy and blameless. And he forgives us when we fail. And he will make us holy and blameless. And he also includes us in his family. Verse 5. He predestined us to be adopted. In love he predestined us to be adopted as sons. Through Jesus Christ for himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. Well in the ancient world. The firstborn son, you know the firstborn son of a household, would inherit the property, the, the rights, the privileges of the family name. doesn't really happen in our culture at the moment. But if you think of royalty, maybe someone like Prince Charles. Have you heard of Prince Charles? Probably not. He will likely be king in a few years' time. And he'll inherit the crown. Why? Because he's the firstborn of Queen Elizabeth. And Paul's saying something similar, sort of. The Father has chosen us as sons, adopted us as sons, brought us into the family to inherit in Christ all the privileges of being in the family as sons. And we shouldn't really miss how crazy this is. We don't deserve this blessing. It's like something like a long-lost distant relative's uncle's cousin inheriting the crown from Queen Elizabeth. That's what Paul is saying, We, the privilege we have in God's family. We're adopted as sons. It's unthinkable. We don't deserve this blessing at all, but it's ours in Christ. Now, I've put on your sheet, kids, or Sarah has, A family. Has everyone coloured the family in? Show me. Nice. Harriet, have you coloured the family? Oh, cool. Anyone? Well, family. Awesome. Because as Christians, we're part of God's family. You see? We're part of God's family. This is what God does for us. So, why does God do it? Why does the Father bring us in like this? Why does He choose us in Him? Why does He welcome us to the family? Well, it's certainly not because of us. Verse 4 and 5. It's because of His love. See, they're in love. It's because of His good pleasure. Because He wants to, basically. Because He loves us. He does it because He loves us, not because we're any good. Or because he saw some far-off goodness in us in the future. No, but wholly and solely because of his love. You know, it can be hard to live for Jesus. Kids, especially as you head to school this week or daycare or something like that. There are different pressures, different things to figure out. And many people don't believe in Jesus. But we can remember this. Everyone can remember this. Our Heavenly Father has loved us. He does love us. He's planned this from all eternity. And He's chosen us to live for Him. So whether we head to school or work or whatever we do this week, we can live confidently that we belong to Him and He loves us. You know, church planning is risky. It's uncertain. There are heaps of things that are unknown. Will we find a venue or not? Etc. How can we reach this suburb, this This city with the gospel there are many things unknown but what we do know with absolute certainty is the father's love and this gives us confidence assurance and hope that he'll carry out what he purposes and plans in and through us and so we come to the, the last bit and we've seen that we've had every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavens. And we've seen that the Father has chosen us in Him, welcomed us in the family. And now we'll finish off here saying that just seeing and savouring and praising God for His glorious grace. It says, to the praise of His glorious grace, verse 6, that He lavished on us in the beloved one. This, is, this blessing of, and praising of the Father uh, culminates here in this verse in uh, overwhelming declaration to the praise of, His glorious grace. The Father's lavish generosity is praised by Paul. God has done this from eternity. Well, what's the word grace? What does that word mean? Grace is God's undeserved kindness. Grace is God. Actually, kids, can you say that? Grace Grace is God's undeserved kindness. Grace is undeserved kindness. Sorry, too many syllables. Oh, Grace is good. God, undeserved <laughs> kindness. Well done. Or God's favour. I don't know another way of saying it. God's favour. God's favour. There we go. Yeah. God's favour to people who don't deserve it. <coughs> to people who don't deserve it. And it all flows about from who God is is god is gracious is gracious grace also tells us like we're as like who we are as people god is gracious to us we don't actually deserve anything from god at all we're people who have turned away from him we haven't honored the god who has made us and loved us god shows undeserved kindness his favor towards us in all sorts of ways his favour, that's right. He puts food on the table. He, put, puts, yep. food he, the gives, us he gives us a house to live. Yep. He gives us health and life and everything in this world. He gives us health and is this kind of how it's going to happen to for the, the rest world. of the sermon? <laughs> Alright. But he saves us. God is gracious in saving us from our sins too. God is gracious towards us. And the good news of the gospel is God's amazing grace to people like us when we couldn't save ourselves. We don't earn grace. We don't negotiate grace. Grace grace is a free gift. Grace, this is really difficult for people to understand, I think, because negotiating with God is the default position of human beings, I think. It's kind of the default position... We want to negotiate with God. We want to give something to God and then sort of bargain with him to get, uh, get in the door, so to speak. Thinking we're pretty good people. Um, the good outweighs the bad. But no, that fails to see what our sin deserves. We don't deserve anything from God. We've shamed God. We've dishonored God. We have nothing to bargain our way to God. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why God is... Sorry? Bah. we don't owe God. Uh, we owe God absolutely everything. He doesn't owe us anything, but he's gracious to us. And he sends his son as a free gift, free grip gift of his grace. That's grace. So I'm going to read out Psalm 103, which talks about God's grace. Here's a few verses. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love to those who fear him, for he knows our frame, he remembers we are dust. That's a psalm about God's grace. Actually, um, kids, if you still got your paper there, maybe you could draw two arrows, one going that way and one going that way. Can you do that right now? Oh, on the back. On the back. Turn it over. Yep. All right. If you do that, if you draw one arrow that way, one arrow that way, that's how far, as far as you can go that way, God has removed our sins from us in his grace. And I think it's a pretty fitting vision and name for our church, I think. Grace, Presbyterian Church. It's what we're calling us ourselves here. It's a, it's a church. Ah, oh, well done. Fantastic. Church is an act of undeserved kindness, of favour. And it's my hope and prayer, friends, that we be savouring God's grace and trusting him. For God has poured out so many blessings to us. You know, church is an act of grace. We we don't deserve anything from God. But he so richly rewards uh, us with so many things we don't deserve. And we'll see that throughout Ephesians as we go through. It's not something we can accomplish ourselves. It's not something we bargain with God. Yes, we'll, we'll get stuck in and work at church planting. Um, we'll get onto rosters. I, I'm going to put together a roster and you're going to love it. Uh, we'll welcome people in the door. Uh, we'll talk to people. We'll go out and meet people. But all of this is of grace. God alone gathers his church. It's all grace from start to finish. God's grace, he takes our sins from that way to that way. Never will they meet. So over the next few months, let's keep, let's praise God for his grace towards us. Let me pray. Oh Lord our God, we thank you and praise you for you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing you've chosen us and brought, it, you've brought us into your family. And you have shown such amazing grace to us. Your undeserved kindness. Father, we praise you. Uh, and we, we pray that this praise, this note of praise, would be the, the song of this church. That it would be on our lips, on our lives, and our hearts. Lord, please be with us, Lord. Please be blessing us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.